Welcome, everybody, to Media Sandwich, a podcast where we take a look at what's going on in the various entertainment news, just like just like we're reading a paper over a breakfast table at each other. Does anyone do that anymore? Nobody does. Uh, this is even better, though, because it's directly broadcast into your ears. I am, of course, Kyle Martinak, and uh, personal check-in time, since the last time you heard from me... I have fallen off my bicycle and also a skateboard uh, in the last week. I'm basically elderly now, at the ripe old age of 34. My body is broken, Aon. Uh, but, but my mind is sharp, uh, question mark, sharp enough to talk about stuff at least. So let's get started, as always, with the video game news. The video games. Um... Yeah, so mere hours after recording last week's supersized episode with Chris Pranger, I woke up to hear that there was a Nintendo Direct coming just the next day. Damn it. Damn it. That was really the slew of announcements that I should have had Chris on mic for. But alas, you get just me with the Nintendo stuff. Um, so yeah, Tuesday, Nintendo gave us a 40-minute live stream detailing some of their biggest upcoming projects... Of course, if you subscribe to Nintendo's UK channel, you know that they did not broadcast the live stream out of respect for the death of Queen Elizabeth, which happened a lot this week with various things that don't seem to have anything to do with the monarchy, but whatever. Uh, anyway, they made the video available after the fact for Nintendo UK. And hey, and hey, you can always subscribe to Nintendo of America channel, you know, if you're feeling independent um chief among the announcements from the stream was Z the the zelda breath of the wild sequel uh game that's coming in 2023 hey everybody it has an official title welcome to the legend of zelda colon tears of the kingdom now someone on my twitter feed <laughs> uh, i think was joking when they asked is that tears or tears of the kingdom because you could make a case for it being either or, really. Like, that's possible. It could be that the kingdom's tearing apart or something. Uh, I always hate that problem. You remember Ben Affleck after Justice League? He kind of got his blank check movie that he could write and direct, and he did it. And I never knew if it was live by night or live by night, because, well, I've never heard anybody discuss that movie or even admit to watching it. So... Yeah, ever. Um, but yeah, homophones, much more fun than homographs. That's my chief take on the Zelda sequel. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm only partially through Breath of the Wild myself. I finally found it on sale at a Best Buy for 40 bucks a couple months back, and that's what I've been playing through right now, and I'm going really slowly through it. So, uh, yeah, they showed a little trailer for Tears of the Kingdom at the end of the stream, and it looks looks like fun, looks cool. I mean, Breath of the Wild's kind of the undisputed in-house masterpiece of the Switch era. People love that game. Like, that's the reason a lot of people ended up snapping up the Switch, really. Um, and so this one is highly anticipated, to say the least. It's going to be a big, big release when it comes out. Uh, we got some other updates and some footage on various games that already have been previously announced like that one. Status reports, mainly, if you will. Uh, stuff like 
Bayonetta 3, which is coming October 28th. We got some footage of that. Looks very colorful and very cool. And uh, that's that's just been a real boon for Nintendo getting their hands on the Bayonetta series. That's a really good one. Uh, Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, also coming in October. We got some additional footage on that. Um, let's see. Uh, Ubisoft's latest Just Dance title. Uh, Just Dance 2023 edition had a little bit where they had folks dancing to a BTS song. And that was, uh, hey, those those games still exist. I really wouldn't have believed that, but cool. And some uh, new additions to games already been released uh, months or years past, like uh, free updates to Mario Strikers, which includes uh, Pauline and Diddy Kong as new characters in this update. Uh, we've got new courses for Mario Kart 8, which include some classics from Mario Kart DS. That's my favorite of the Mario Kart series is DS, so I'm excited for those new courses. Uh, golf is coming to Switch Sports with online multiplayer. That sounds like a good time. Jeez, uh, what else? Xenoblade Chronicles Expansion Pass has a ton of new stuff coming for Wave 3. Wave 4, uh, or rather, Wave 2 comes in October, but Wave 3 is down the line. They're starting to announce what all of that is. Uh, it includes a lot of new heroes. Uh, that kind of stuff is always nice to know. Everyone knows my thoughts on games as, like, continued sustained online services. But, you know, Nintendo does a pretty good job about keeping you on the line, you know, let, letting you know what you're getting for your money uh, with that stuff. But, hey, what about the new game announcements that happened on Tuesday? Uh, pretty substantial, if you like Nintendo. Pretty dang substantial. We've got a Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe coming to Switch in February of 2023. I love the original Dreamland trilogy on the original Game Boy. That was... That was probably my game of choice on road trips most of the time was Dreamland 3. That and Wario World, those were two. Those were some ace games. Um, they announced Pikmin 4. Uh, it's coming in 2023 as well. No footage or anything on that one, just Pikmin 4 title treatment. Um, Pikmin's a terrific series. It's so visually, you know, daz dazzling and unique and colorful i'm happy to see it flourish further into this uh this generation uh octopath traveler 2 lands in february of 2023 and there's a trailer for that one uh eight new travelers in your party uh, looks gorgeous that first uh octopath travelers a damn good game from what i saw of it uh fire emblem engage is coming in january of 2023 and they had a trailer for that i only know fire emblem in the context of the characters who are in smash brothers i'm sorry to say i played a little bit of awakenings back in the day and i recognize that you know it's it's an artful series the you know the tactics involved with playing it are it makes it a really engaging play I'm just unfortunately really bad at that kind of a game, so I didn't get very far in them. But I tell you what I'm not terrible at, uh, or at least I wasn't terrible at many moons ago, and that's Goldeneye, my friends. The other big, big headline for us filthy casuals 
from the Nintendo Direct is that the classic first-person shooter 007 GoldenEye from 1997 is, uh, yeah, it's coming to, uh, it's coming soon, no date yet, but it's coming soon to Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack, along with a bunch of other marquee titles from the Nintendo 64 era including all three Mario Party titles, uh, both Pokemon Stadium games, and uh, Excite Bike 64. Cool. And uh, 1080 Snowboarding. Why not? Uh, and Pilot Wings 64. I know everyone's excited to play Pilot Wings 64 again. Um, <laughs> yeah, a couple of these titles sound like fun nostalgia, but... This grouping kind of highlights how the Nintendo subscription, the full, uh, like, $50 expansion pack subscription, not quite at the point where it's worth the money for what, for what you get for it, but GoldenEye with online multiplayer, that might just shift that cost-benefit analysis over the mark. That's, that's what it's for, right? That, that's, that was the big one they wanted to announce to say, no, look, you gotta get in on the subscription because GoldenEye with online multiplayer. Ah, absolute classic. And, uh, yeah, it, it might work for me. I might end up getting the subscription based just on the ability to play that. But I, I will tell you this, I'll have to find a Replica 64 controller to play because there's no way it's going to play right without that three-gripped controller, right? It'll feel weird without the vestigial extra one hanging off either wrist, whichever way you play. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, GoldenEye is also coming to Xbox uh, Game Pass and Rare Replay eventually. They don't have any date for this. They just, you know, it was uh, exciting enough to tell us it's official and it's coming. But we can assume that when it does come, they've changed the controller scheme a little bit to adapt to a modern two-stick, two-grip setup. Uh, I need, I tell you what I need is a documentary about the quest to get the rights to that game figured out. Where's that, uh, talky talk movie starring like Michael Keaton as some like hard scrabble guy trying to get Nintendo and Rare and everybody to play nice just so that, just so that we can play some dang Goldeneye again. Anyway, yay for Nintendo stuff. Uh, here's something else that happened in video games that's less yay. One of the largest uh, data leaks in the video game industry's history. Rockstar Games was hit by a quote-unquote network intrusion, a.k.a. a hacker. Uh, just some, some person who hauled off and uh, posted 90 videos of Grand Theft Auto 6 footage in its early developmental stages. And they posted the video to the, all the videos to a fan forum, and it became the story of the weekend. Uh, yeah, it was like very, very big leak, very big deal for Rockstar. But yeah, the, the big thing about this, and the reason why it became such a news story, the fan reaction to these videos has been remarkably obtuse, I would say. That's, that's my way of saying it. Tons of people just like, wah, this looks terrible. Wah, this looks like a mod for GTA 5. Wah. And it's like, I mean, you're not really understanding, I don't think, that the game doesn't come out till 2024. It just got confirmed as happening 
not that long ago, like a year or so maybe, the game is literally years away. It should not look impressive right now. This is, in terms of like, well, look at the quality of these videos, mother. This looks like it might be a disaster. That's a non-story. It's not a real story. These are very, very early, early pieces of footage. And, and we don't even know how old that footage might be as well. I, that could be from last year for all we know. And who knows? Uh, I mean, this is the kind of problem with leaked footage. There's no context. So you have to, like, turn on your brain and think about what you're looking at in terms of where it's at in its production cycle. It's, it's not an official trailer, you little weirdos, but... Hey, speaking of weirdos, uh, the second biggest squeal reverberating around the internet in reaction to this footage. Get ready for this shit. Uh, why is the player character a woman? Woke. <laughs> so they just say that now, right? They just say woke uh, like an involuntary spasm. You play as a woman. Woke. Oh, you're shooting at the police. What? Woke. What? What? Whoa, 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 woke. Uh, wait a second, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a second here. You mean to tell me that in this bizarro universe where the game takes place, a woman can drive a car? Even after dark? Pfft, woke. Um, I don't really have an opinion one way or another about the morality of the hack. Uh, honestly, Rockstar as an entity isn't going to be hurt by this at all, so I don't feel too bad about that. I do feel bad on an individual level for the developers whose unfinished work is now being debated online as if it were a released product. That sucks. That can't feel good. But ultimately, I'm just glad that the hacker decided to block out the footage in the UK for an extra couple of days out of respect for the death of Queen Elizabeth. Very, very classy. Very nice. Uh... <laughs> Let's go into the movies. Uh, the movies you may have seen on uh, Media Sandwich, uh, media-sandwich.com specifically, that I wrote a review of Cobra Kai Season 5, the latest season that hit Netflix this month. The show is still fun, still great. It's a really easy one to accidentally binge. Like, whoops, I just sat down to watch one of these and now they're all gone. Damn it. Um, I do have some criticism of how the show is really started to buckle a little under how much weight they want to carry in terms of lore. Like, they're actually earnestly calling it the Miyagi-verse now. It's most of the tongue-in-cheek, self-aware stuff from the YouTube Red uh, era of the show is long gone. And it's, it's just Netflix doing a very earnest CW kind of show on a much smaller budget, but... I don't know, it's still really damn fun. I talk I talk about this, I talk about Cobra Kai in the movie news section because Columbia Pictures, by way of Sony, who owns them, uh, they've announced that they're moving forward with a new Karate Kid film slated for summer of 2024. That's confusing uh, because Cobra Kai is a huge hit and successfully is growing their weird little cinematic universe that they have now. Uh, and, and I think I speak for everybody when I, Jesus fucking Christ. And I think I speak for everybody when I say, um, what? So is the movie going to star somebody we know from the show? Is it going to be a wholly new set of characters that exist alongside the Cobra Kai continuity, let's say? 
what do you got going on here? What is this? And the answer at the moment is they don't know. They, they don't know. They just know that they're allowed to make Karate Kid movies. People are into Karate Kid movies again because of Cobra Kai. So it's happening. The only definitive thing that I can really predict based on the way this announcement was worded is that it's not a full hard reboot like the 2010 film. They announced it as a, a return to the original franchise. Those were their words. So they'd be insane to try and do a movie in like, like in the same continuity as the movies, but a completely separate continuity from the TV show, which I mean, look, that TV show still has every still living cast member from the original franchise at this point. So we can predict that it'll likely be a Cobra Kai adjacent movie at the very least. Maybe, maybe they're going to try to do a Miyagi prequel. I could see them trying to do that. This is the movie studio that tried to do an Aunt May prequel. So, yeah. Speaking of Sony and uh, Marvel-related stuff uh, with their deal with Marvel for the Spider-Verse, uh, they did some serious release ske schedule shuffling with uh, the Spider-Verse movie Madam Web being pushed back from October 6, 2023 to February 16, a 2024 that's a big pushback. Uh, not And it's a weird date, too. Not quite in time for counter-programming for Valentine's Day, but just kind of sticking it right in the cut between the post-holiday dumping ground that is January and then the early spring. Uh, yeah, that's not an ideal place to put a, like a superhero movie. That movie, by the way, uh, Madam Web, stars Dakota Fanning, I've I've never heard anything about it until just now with this schedule shift and that's not a great sign. I don't know what that means, but it probably means that they don't think highly of it. Uh but hey, now that October 6, 2023 is free, that means they can <laughs> that means they can give that to Craven the Hunter. <laughs> the Aaron Taylor Johnson Craven the Hunter film, the next in the let's just do movies about Spider-Man's individual villains and make these all comic book movies from 2004 series uh, after the after the mad science experiment that was this year's Morbius. Ooh, doggy. Uh, what a what a couple of choices. Craven, the Craven movie was supposed to release January 13 of 2023. And it's being pushed into October 6. So that might denote more confidence in it, moving it out of January, but it probably more likely means they need the extra nine months to reshoot part of the movie, maybe fix a lot of things in post-production. Who knows? Um, I'll tell you this for free. October 6 happens to be my wedding anniversary. So, hey, I already know what we're going to do on that magical night uh, next year. Uh, no way in hell. No way in hell are we seeing that. I only hope that Aaron Taylor Johnson, though, is doing another one of his lovely accents that he does. <laughs> Meanwhile, speaking of accents, uh, Garfield the Cat, Garfield the Cat is going to be played by Chris Pratt. We knew that. We heard about that a while back, but that movie was going to hit in February of 2024, and now they've pushed it to a Memorial Day release on May 24 of 2024. That's a lot of 24s. Um, yeah, famed voice actor Chris Pratt 
is going to play Garfield the fat orange lasagna cat. I I I I really don't know. I I don't know who's in charge of these movie companies anymore. It's like a parody now. <laughs> like it's it, this is like the kind of stuff that's happening on a TV in the background of a scene on a television show. Uh I really don't know um why they've decided to put Chris Pratt as Garfield. And I really don't know why they decided that the Chris Pratt Garfield movie is going to do well on Memorial Day weekend. That's an odd choice, but I'll tell you this. One movie that does sound interesting to me in this whole shuffle is a sci-fi movie called 65. Just the number 65. Stars Adam Driver. It's written by Scott Beck and Brian Woods. Uh, Those are the fellows who wrote A Quiet Place. So, hey, that could be something. That... That movie got moved up one month from April 28 of 2023 to March 10 of 2023, so it's coming a little faster. I'm going to keep my eyes peeled on that one. That sounds like it could be promising. Mostly, I just find all this news funny, though. All of this Sony stuff. I bag on Warners all the time now, but it's worth remembering that Sony is equally kind of clueless and myopic about their their release schedule. Uh, Their production slate is weirdly archaic the the morbius thing this year is one of the funniest things i've ever seen uh such a classic case of like corporate stooges sitting around a big boardroom table going i don't understand it the movie's doing terrible no one's going to see it but but the kids on the twitter and on the facebook they're they're mentioning it so much it's got better engagement numbers than uncharted and that movie made a ton of money uh, maybe we didn't screen it enough. Maybe we didn't market it enough. Get it back into multiplexes. Stat! Get it out there right away. And, uh, and yeah, now they're doubling down with a Craven movie. And this Gar- the Garfield movie really intrigues me. Uh, it comes from the animation studio that did Ron's Gone Wrong this last year for uh, 21st Century uh, Fox. I guess we can't, we don't call them that anymore. They're just 20th Century pictures or 21st century pictures i don't know anyway they put out ron's gone wrong it was done by this animation studio um that movie was fine i don't think it was a huge hit but i don't think it was a loss at all i think it was a moderate hit but that movie doesn't have the bankability of brand recognition that comes with chris pratt and garfield um yeah i don't know the garfield movie it smells definitely to me of like a Yogi bear or a Marmaduke. You know what I mean? Like movies that came out 10 years ago. And at the time they felt 10 years too late already. That's kind of Sony right now. Sony feels 10 years too late on a lot of stuff. Uh, another piece of movie news that I wanted to hit on just because it's been on my brain. Uh, Hey, I'm still a Kevin Smith fan. I'll admit I'm I'm not a diehard fanatic the way I used to be back in high school. I just, I wanted to be Kevin Smith. Anybody who knew me back then will tell you that. Um, but then when I was in college and then right after college, that was the era where his podcast empire really took off. And that was really my way into podcasts and podcasting for myself. And I honestly think it might be the best part of his career. Like it might be the thing that he learned how to do the best was podcasting but um yeah uh, at the moment he's back to his first art form which is making a movie with his friends and talking about it a lot uh clerks 3 released this last week in a limited capacity via a road show 
and a Fathom event in Regal Theaters, so it's only showing in Regal like once a day. Uh, during during one of the first Roadshow Q&As, because he always does a Q&A after the movie, uh, Smith talked about the missing link in his filmography. If you uh, peruse the streaming apps a lot, you might see Clerks, you might see Mallrats, you maybe see Chasing Amy, and, you, and you're definitely seeing stuff like Cop Out, Tusk, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Reboot. Um, one that you never see streaming, it never has been on a streaming platform, and it's out of print on physical media as well. At present, the only way to view the movie legally is with the original DVD or the very rare 2008 Blu-ray. That is Dogma. Uh, he revealed during this recent slew of Q&As that Harvey Weinstein still owns Dogma, and Kevin has been trying to buy the rights back from the jailed sex predator and uh horrible monster weinstein was uh apparently he was trying to get a new dvd printing of the movie possibly which sounds strange but then immediately after that he was trying to generate some interest in selling off the movie's rights so you can kind of tell okay he's he was trying to pump up a dvd printing in order to generate interest to sell the movie but he wants to sell the rights to dogma for an alleged $5 million. Now, I don't know a lot about the projected value of movies after they've been released for 20-some years, but I'm here to tell you, Dogma, it ain't worth, no $5 million, not by a long shot. And I think Kevin Smith was the first person to say so. He came out and said, that movie's not worth that right now. That's not the Kelly Blue Book value on this movie. But he drummed up enough uh, co-investors uh, and enough money, and they did make an offer to Weinstein's people. And Kevin Smith said that he felt dirty all over doing so because he doesn't really want to give Weinstein any money. But his, in his words, uh, he said, my movie about angels is being held hostage by the devil. So <laughs> he, he felt strongly about getting his movie back, you know, probably so that he could use it, you know. Kevin Smith is a real waste-not-want-not kind of guy. He probably wants to take the characters he created and use them. Maybe an animated dogma adventure down the road or a comic book or something like that. He could be using them and they're just sitting dormant. Uh, and he can't. He can't touch them. So he offered $5 million And Weinstein, the big dick face, he asked for more. Um... I saw one outlet stating that he asked for like $10 million. That was his counteroffer. What a big pile of shit that man is. Uh, so the whole thing is at a real big standstill. Uh, but as far as I'm aware, all of Kevin Smith's residuals from his Miramax and Weinstein Company days, uh, they go directly to a charity for women filmmakers. So, uh, yeah. It's really pathetic of Weinstein to do that. It's... Uh, he knows damn well what the movie's actually worth. He knows damn well that Kevin Smith can't drum up $10 million, uh, not with his level of respect or clout uh, in the industry at this point. It just feels a lot like one last gasp at controlling something from a monster who thankfully will die bloated and forgotten on a prison toilet sometime soon. We can only hope. Uh, anyway... On a brighter note, the Toronto International Film Festival concluded this last weekend, and Steven Spielberg is riding high after winning the People's Choice Award from that festival with uh, his semi-autobiographical movie The Fablemans. 
You might notice I don't do award stuff on the podcast very often. I, I debated taking a look at the Emmys last week and the, I think the Golden Globes were before that. But honestly, after this last year's Oscars, I, I, I've gotten to the point where I made, I may be done caring about awards at all. Uh, I'd argue that once Green Book won Best Picture, the Oscars ceased to be a rele- relevant indicator of a film's pedigree anyway. But if you do care about this stuff, like just from like a stats on the back of a baseball card uh, way, like if the Oscars are your version of sports statistics in your brain because you like movies, hey, I perfectly understand that. I've got a little bit of that going on myself. But a lot of folks in the entertainment news industry, they consider the People's Choice Award a pretty good indicator of a Best Picture nominee or even winner. Uh, The two awards correlate quite a bit since the early 1980s, going back to, like, Chariots of Fire days. Um, Certainly a movie about Spielberg's intimate connection with the magic of cinema and how it's uh, changed the course of his life. Hey, easy sell for me, honestly. I'm glad that much more discerning uh, professional moviegoers seem to think that it's a goodie, so that's good news coming out of uh, TIFF. I don't think anybody actually calls it TIFF, but I'm going to call it TIFF. Maybe, maybe people do call it TIFF. I don't know. Um, you might be interested in knowing that uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story, won the Midnight Madness Award at that festival. Uh, the Midnight Madness event's typically reserved for kind of irreverent or genre-clad fare, namely horror thrillers, a lot of A24 movies, including Kevin Smith's Tusk, uh, premiered at Midnight Madness. But... This year, they gave the award to the very brilliantly conceived Weird Al biopic parody, which is getting great reviews and uh, will be available on the Roku channel (laughs) in November. I really feel like the Roku channel is a part of that joke. Uh, And if that's the case, it's very funny. It's a very funny joke. Um, Yeah. Hey, how about comic books? Do you like comic books? I do. And I really like this little news tidbit. Uh, vis-a-vis comic books if you like me grew up during that weird era of kids television where every single show is either a teenage mutant ninja turtles ripoff or some form of power rangers wannabe you might remember that a real bright spot in disney's weekday afternoon block the after school block and then later i think it moved to the saturday morning block gargoyles a very well put together series had Kind of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles dynamic, a team of monster men in New York City fighting bad guys by night. They all got big action figure kind of personalities and, you know, there's human allies, there's evil nemesis, uh, businessman fella. But, you know, with uh, it had this beautiful artwork, the art and animation style were uh, kind of that Bruce Tim Batman the Animated Series kind of stuff and... It was just gorgeous to look at, uh, and it had a voice cast that still staggering to this day. I I love the cast of Gargoyles. Uh, the show itself is on Disney Plus now. If you've never given it a chance, uh, you know, give it a shot on there. It was totally my jam back in the day. Possibly the first TV show that I made a point of getting in on the ground floor. Like I had the premiere date written on my calendar. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the Gargoyles franchise lives on now. Uh, They announced back in July at San Diego Comic-Con that Disney was teaming up with Dynamic Comics to produce a new ongoing comic book series 
written by the show's creator, Greg Weissman. So that's cool. They're keeping it in the family. And then the big news this last week, Dynamite gave us a gander at some cover variants. And it got me excited at the prospect of reading some of those adventures with uh, Goliath and Brooklyn and Hudson and all the other guys. Um, Some of these covers look absolutely dead on exactly perfect to the animation from the show. Like, they look like animation cells from the show itself. They're just spot on. Others are way more, uh, like, interpretive. Like, they're way off in other artistic directions. One looks very much like a Mike Minola comic book, like uh, like a Hellboy-inspired art design, which makes total sense with the gargoyles. Like, of course those two things go together, like peanut butter and chocolate. Uh, and then one it looks a lot more like a painting, like an Alex Ross painting kind of cover, which, hey, Dynamite does those a lot. They use Alex Ross a lot for that, too. But that one looked stupendous. Loved that. Um... Yeah, but even the main cover, the main uh, number one issue number one cover by a David Nakayama, really a beauty. Uh, just really dazzling use of color. The gargoyles have never been rendered with this much color and detail before. Really firmly mates together the the IP of gargoyles with the comic book medium itself. A lot of like new definition on the characters' designs, their musculature and things like that to make them comic book superheroes you know uh looks great looks looks like fun that series uh the comic series starts in 2023 alongside dynamite uh, is going to be reprinting the original gargoyles comic book run that was done by marvel back in the uh 1994-95 era so snap up the old ones and the new ones if you feel like just injecting gargoyles directly into your veins and who wouldn't that sounds perfectly comfortable, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> and that, hey, just like that, we're into television already. We're there. Television corner. Here we are. And this is a biggie of a week for television, especially broadcast television, which we don't talk about a lot because I actually, I don't have broadcast TV. I watch everything streaming now, but broadcast TV is still alive and well, and uh This week, fall premieres are falling from the sky. They're everywhere, including some of the shows that won big at last week's Emmys that we mentioned. Um, Yet, first of all, first of all, did you know that they were making a Quantum Leap reboot? Because I sure didn't until NBC started plugging away at the uh, premiere date. They started announcing, hey, Quantum Leap's coming soon. You know, it's premiering. It's actually tonight, Monday night, 10 p.m., on NBC, and uh, I didn't know that it was a thing until, like, a couple of days ago. It stars Raymond Lee as a Dr. Ben Song, who leads a new team to restart the time-hopping accelerator, and Ernie Hudson is a part of that team, uh, hopefully in the kind of Al role. I want him smoking a cigar and wearing a loud suit and telling the guy what's what. Um... Scott Bakula not returning. Uh, He released a statement this last week that was basically, yeah, the long and short of it is they sent me a script. I passed on it. I wish them the best of luck, but it just wasn't for me. Uh, That sounds a lot like if you've seen Only Murders in the Building this last season, it sounds a lot like what happened to Steve Martin's character on that show, how he was asked to join a reboot of his detective show, Brazos, 
in which it's like, okay, you're in a wheelchair. Uh, you're suffering from some on-again, off-again dementia. And mostly he's just, like, sitting inert, like he's a passive connective tissue to the original story, and not much else. And it's very possible that's what they offered to Bakula, and he politely said, yeah, no thanks. Uh, it's gonna be a hard sell to do Quantum Leap without Bakula and his boyish charm. Or Dean Stockwell as Al, to be honest. Uh, R.I.P., you, you really can't get better than Dean Stockwell in that show, he's great. But tune in for yourselves to see tonight, maybe, maybe it ends up being a goodie, who knows. Uh, speaking of goodies, if you missed season one of Abbott Elementary, catch up fast, because the show returns on Wednesday night at 9pm on ABC. Uh, that show won series uh, star and creator Quinta Brunson an award for writing on the series pilot. Uh, Best Supporting Actress for that show went to Shirley Ralph, and it was also nominated for Best Outstanding Comedy Series. So it's safe to say it's a triumphant return for Abbott Elementary. It's one of ABC's kind of crowning jewels this last season, and, and deservingly so. It's a great show. It's a very pleasant comedy about how things do suck now, uh, but we don't have to suck along with them. That's kind of what I'm picking up to be one of the chief theses of that show. And I really like it. It's a, it's a nice, it's a fun show. It's relatable. It's a good workplace uh, comedy. The workplace just happens to be an elementary school, and that's fun. Uh, speaking of my comfort sitcoms from last season that I'm glad that have returned... Home Economics Season 3 airs also on Wednesday night, also on ABC, at 9.30. And my dog's shaking at that. Uh, yeah. Speaking of my comfort sitcoms that I'm glad are back uh, after the long off-season, Home Economics Season 3 airs on Wednesday night on ABC as well at 9.30. So right after Abbott Elementary, Home Economics will happily catch the... Uh, the runoff viewing from that. Um, yeah, this has really been the little show that could. Uh, it has a great cast, very snappy dialogue, very relevant and timely premise. Just, I mean, it, it's it's a really good show. Uh, the whole idea is that it's like three adult siblings trying their best to hold the family together, even though they're all in like vastly different financial situations. One is a tech millionaire. One is a middle-class, uh, you know, family man. Uh, the third sibling is living, like, paycheck to paycheck. Uh, it, it sounds very unpleasant on paper. It sounds like a bad family reunion. But the characters are really well-defined and specific. Their relationships make it a really good hangout show. And and I'll be honest with you, I'd much, I'd really much rather watch Topher Grace do this show than whatever that 90s show ends up being. Uh, but maybe I'll even tune in for that one when it, when it gets to us. But hey, but hey, there's another thing. There's a show that's getting a lot of positive buzz ahead of its premiere that happens this week. And this one's not on broadcast TV, actually. This one's actually on Hulu. The show is called Reboot. Uh, but don't worry, <laughs> it's not the Canadian computer animated series that you're thinking of. Uh, it's actually in, you know, talking about Quantum Leap or Brazos on Only Murders in the Building. Uh, it's about the cast of an old sitcom from the early aughts getting back together when a young writer pitches a reboot of their show. So, yeah, uh, that sounds like an like an easy win, right? 
Get a load of this cast, though. The cast is what intrigues me. Judy Greer, fantastic. I hope she's the lead. Uh, Johnny Knoxville, cool, you know? I almost want him to be playing... You gotta give Johnny Knoxville something to do. I say give him the thinly-veiled jab at Joe Rogan. Like, make him the guy who played the handyman on the old sitcom, and now he, like, hawks pseudoscience bullshit and gets his dander up at political correctness. Give him something like that to do. Don't just, you know, let him rest on being Johnny Knoxville. Uh, who else? Keegan-Michael Key is on this show. Rachel Bloom from uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is on this show. Paul Reiser is on this show. He's sitcom royalty, so that's perfect. Some real, real comedy and sitcom big hitters going here. I think it's going to be fun for viewers like me who enjoy a show that, you know, kind of pokes fun at the entertainment industry. So yeah, watch uh, Reboot. Check it out. It drops tomorrow on Hulu. The first three episodes are available immediately on Hulu. So yeah, that's a good one. And and believe it or not, that's it. That's all I've got for you this week. It's a, it's a, it's a shorty to to make up for last week's biggie uh, but i do thank you for hanging out and i also uh thank you for dealing with last week's subpar audio that was really unfortunate chris and i did record nice clear audio for you and instead you had to settle for our skype recording that was a backup but let's just say that our decision to record on skype as a backup was past kyle really looking out for future kyle because if i didn't have that recording we would have lost the episode entirely, and I would have had to jump off my balcony because I was that pissed off that day. But anyway, here I am, here I am, and here the show is. So if you want to send me some stuff to talk about on the show, please do drop me a line on Twitter at media underscore sandwich for all your news tips. You can uh, follow us on there for everything that I drop as well. Or uh, you can submit to the show by email, mediasandwichshow at gmail.com. Uh, drop me a line, you know, I'll read it on the, on the show. It'd be a great way to finish out the podcast each week. And if you uh, subscribe to the show, please write me a nice review if you want. I ain't gonna stop you. It's uh, something that I, I, you know, been wanting from you. Matter of fact, I'd probably gush about what a lovely person you are for doing so. Uh, so please give me that. And as always, please do check out everything being posted at www.media-sandwich.com. Hasn't been much on the blog lately, and I know that I've been teasing a video for a while now, but, well, I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what to tell you. I delayed it. I de I've been delaying it out of respect for the death of Queen Elizabeth. It was the only right thing to do. Um... <laughs> Until next week, uh, I have been and shall remain Kyle Martinak, and I am going to go and get a sandwich. That sounded so somber.